good evening and welcome to Tea Time with the Chiefs. We this are the Chiefs. Is, yes, sir. We are the Chiefs and we're we drinking are. tea. I've got Sidona actually. And Chief Ryan right, didn't I didn't make myself <laughs> tea. <laughs> Sacrilege. How is that tea time, Chief? It's still pretty fresh. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, the newest well, guy well, on the block. Yeah, well, actually, this is, <clears throat> it's a new voice. New voice and um, a new, I don't know, perspective, I suppose, on life in general. Mm-hmm. Um, Chief Ryan, Chief Ryan Byler, tell us about yourself, Chief. What am I supposed to say? That I just arrived, that this is the first podcast and I arrived two months ago? <laughs> Something like that. This is sad. <laughs> uh, tell you what. Except for all those secret episodes. Yeah, the <laughs> ones that published. didn't <laughs> What else about myself? I, I don't know. It's I'm, just... I'm a dairy farmer. I used to be a dairy farmer. I'm a dairy farmer. And I'm actually right. proud of it. Like, there's a lot of people in today's You're world. You're proud of it. He has a lot of pride. <laughs> there's a lot of people in today's world that don't, that kind of seem to look down on farmers, but I'm proud right. of it nonetheless. Right. Right. I don't look down on farmers, but dairy farmers. It's anyway. Kind of close. <laughs> I don't actually. He has the no farms, no food bumper sticker on his suitcase. Cool. I do. <laughs> On his uh, bumper. Uh, uh, it's it's um it's cruelty to animals. Mm. Anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, what's been happening at camp over the last couple of weeks is well, because of you know what, um, we haven't actually been running very many programs. So what what have we been doing, Chief Evan? Well, what we've been doing is trying to find things to do, and to do that, we've been planting trees. Lots of trees. We planted almost 1,500 trees with the help of a lovely group of people at one point, but then we had to finish the job ourselves. Anyway, we finished planting trees last week. Hopefully we'll we'll manage to keep ourselves busy mm-hmm. until this madness doth end. Well, so today we have a special topic for you. It's a hard-hitting topic. Emotional. Get yeah. ready. Very, very, very emotional. Get ready for some crying. Basically, our hard-hitting question, hard-hitting question is this. Would you prefer, would you, think about yourself, would you prefer to be part of a church that focuses more on reaching out to people in terms of evangelism? Give them a hand up. Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) Or... Building up the people who are already in the church, building mm-hmm. them up spiritually. Because it seems to me, and this is this is my personal controversial opinion, it seems to me that a lot of churches are either good at one thing or they're good at the other thing. Mm. Personally, I haven't found very many churches that are good at both. If you're part of a church that's good at both, good for you. And you probably need to get off your high horse. So we will we will explore the the two sides, I suppose off the issue do we want to focus more on evangelism or more on discipling current church attendees <laughs> um, get them or keep them yeah something like that or both so we actually have a panel um chief ryan will talk about evangelism and reaching out to people and chief evan will talk about discipleship do you want to use that word yeah i like building up building up like building up the temple and exactly yeah we are the temple of the holy ghost are we not exactly 
Yes. Work out, people. Start working out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Chief um, Chief Evan. I suppose my first question is for is for you is why do you feel why do you feel that way? Why do you think that evangelism is so important um, in a church setting? Chief Evan or Chief Ryan? Not Chief Evan. <laughs> Seniority, Chief. Seniority. <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, so as much as I would like to be on Chief Ryan's side and talk about evangelism, I actually feel strongly about building up the church, and I'll tell you why. For starters, being a Christian is a lot more than just being saved, I think. And so mm-hmm. there's this, a scale, it's called the, the Angle Evangelism Scale, and I think it, it gives a kind of a great illustration for why I'm on the side of, of building up. And so it, it starts off with um, the, un, the unsaved... Or it starts with a, like a negative 10, and that's for somebody who's never heard about God, maybe doesn't even believe in God. And then as you go up the scale, maybe by the time you're a negative 5, you you believe in God. And, and there's a, a statistic, I think, that most most people have heard the gospel maybe like seven times or, or so before they become Christians on average. And so maybe they've heard the gospel once or twice, or maybe they've started to read the Bible mm-hmm. a little bit. And then as they go up, eventually they become a Christian, and that's zero on the scale. But the goal isn't just to stop there at zero and say our work is done, because mm-hmm. the point is to become mature believers um, and and actually live a, live a life that, that pleases Christ. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so we want to, as you go up the scale, you're going to church and you're reaching out and maybe eventually you're... Yeah, you're leading a group where you actually know Christ more than just simply being saved. You're committed. So the Christian life is so much more than just um, the initial conversion experience. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so it isn't just okay to just have people in church. We care about making sure that they're growing and they're, they're grounded and built up in Christ. Mm-hmm. Paul, I think, is an example of this. Like, he spent a lot... Of, we would say Paul was a really great evangelist. He spent a lot of his time in missions. But a lot of his letters are written to churches mm. telling them how to grow in Christ and, and what it actually looks like to be Christians. Often when he went to a new place, he would obviously, he was at a new place, so he cared about evangelizing, but he would spend a lot of time in that place, like a year or two or a couple of years with just that church until he felt like they were, I guess, built up. Isn't there something, I don't know if it's in one of the letters to Timothy, or maybe it's an act where... Paul went through several churches that had already been planted and appointed elders in there. I suppose sort of the work of evangelism and of church planting was done, but there was plenty more work to do. Hmm. Yeah. I can't quote the reference right now. <clears throat> I guess another thing that I think about a lot is I was in a in a class and, and a quote that I've never forgotten. It said, deepen your walk with God and he'll broaden your ministry. And so as, as you grow in Christ, then evangelism is going to come out of that. And so it's not that we're against evangelism, but I believe that as you grow people in Christ, they're not going to like have this pressure to share something they don't really know know how to do, or they don't even quite know if they believe in themselves, mm-hmm. but they think it's something they should do. But it's going to be something that's natural because they know Christ deeply and they, they've experienced mm-hmm. what it means to be to really be a Christian, I guess. Mm-hmm. Something that is so much part of your life that you talk about it just like you some other interests. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not something you do, it's, it's something you are. And so I, I think the impact the church has on the world is directly connected with how close they are to Christ. And so if you have a church full of shallow people that you just brought in through your evangelism, then they're going to have a shallow impact in the world, even though maybe you have a lot of them. And yeah, I, I guess that 
maybe is my last thing. Like Jesus said, you're going to know Christians by the way they love each other. And that's something that happens in church by believers that are committed to their church and, and to loving each other and to living, living life real. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think that, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. that, uh, focusing on a, being a part of a church that focuses on building up the people that are in it is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. What do you think could be some disadvantages with a church that's primarily focused on discipleship, um, perhaps sometimes at the expense of evangelism? Yeah, so these these sides both definitely have stereotypes. And so I'd say the stereotype for this side is you get a church full of people that are just like, oh, feed me. Like the preacher, he didn't really... <laughs> <laughs> like it's all about me growing. And I don't really care about other people or maybe I have like 20 books on personal development and all I care about is, is growing myself when there's a lot of people that maybe don't have the Bible in their language at all. And yes. like we're going to pour all our resources into growing our church when there is like a really disconnect between parts of the world that are mm-hmm. that don't have that those advantages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose if you, it means that you also start, you don't have a whole lot of interaction with the world around you and... Perhaps there is something to be said for churches becoming, I don't know, mentally inbred almost. Um, mm-hmm. That's not necessarily very healthy and vibrant. Well, what about evangelism now? Because, you know, we've, we've seen that discipleship is very important, but we don't want to fall too far in that ditch. So what's, what's the other side? Evangelism, Chief Ryan. All right. Are you all ready? <laughs> no, we are strapping. ready. Strapping. <laughs> No, I actually, I actually like Evan's uh, Evan's viewpoint. I especially like what he said about the the growing in Christ, and and then how did you say it? You grow in Christ, and then your ministry deep in your walk deep in with your walk, God, and He will broaden your ministry. Deep in your walk with God, and He will broaden broaden your ministry. Because good quote, I like that. I, I really like that quote because I think I think that is a good basis, maybe even for evangelism. Because if you don't if you don't have mature Christians, why well, you your evangelism will probably be shallow. However, going into my presentation on evangelism. Here's the serious bit. So first of all, Jesus preached repentance and died for sinners. You see that when he started his ministry in Matthew 4, I mm-hmm. believe it was. And then also in Matthew 28, obviously. We're going to refer to that with the Great Commission. <laughs> where he tells us to teach all, teach all nations and baptizing them and all, all down all down that street. There's also there's a couple of verses in in Romans 10 that I came across that I was that intrigued me. He's got a whole list of and references. In yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass myself <laughs> the scripture here. And so it's proof text. In Romans 10 verse 14 it says, "How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher?" And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. So, taking from that verse, how are unbelievers going to hear if we don't preach, if we don't evangelize? Mm. It also does say, how was it? How can they preach if they're not sent? So, maybe Evan could jump on that one on the, on the needing <laughs> mature people, building these people up in the congregation. Also in 2 Peter 3, verse 9, it says, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And then also I had a, there was a, I was reading a book recently on the insanity of obedience by Nick Repkin. He did a lot. He was a lot in communist countries and did a lot of um, interviews with believers and things. And this is one thing that he said about the believers in China. 
in years past, he says that, that they believed about themselves is that the Christians did not consider themselves or converts that they brought into the faith mature Christians until they had brought someone else to Christ. So one of the earmarks of a mature Christian was bringing someone else to Christ. Mm. So yeah, if we do not share the gospel, nor have a desire to share it with others, I believe that we are selfish Christians. Because we have so much, but we just keep it to ourselves. We have all the knowledge, we have yeah. commentaries, we have. We all have how many different Bibles and how many different yeah. access to how many different mm-hmm. Bibles. Yeah, mm-hmm. to all these different things, but if we don't actually share it with the lost yeah. world, then who are we? Would, it, would you say that it's also true that sharing the gospel in a way that's understandable to people who haven't been exposed to it a lot also helps us to understand it better? Mm-hmm. And it helps us to sort of remind ourselves of what is it we actually believe. Almost like more like of a, a simple faith. Yes, um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, it's, and evangelism is one of those things that I don't, I don't think I'm very good at it at all. But I think it's one of those things that the more you do, the more you become better at. It's, yes. it's not like something we're we're petrified to evangelize mm-hmm. yeah. and so we just sit in the corner well yeah. that's not really going to be yeah. the answer i think <laughs> the lord will give you if you can't um, explain it to an <clears throat> to someone who doesn't know about it then do you really understand right. it um well i suppose it's your turn what about some downsides if a church is completely focused on evangelism can it be focused on evangelism too much i would definitely say so because if we see that in the in the Acts, where the apostles, um, they were out preaching the word, and they were they were all zealous, and then all of a sudden, these people came up with a complaint against them and said, "Well, our widows aren't being taken care of. Mm. People in our own churches aren't being taken care of." So they they ordained deacons to, to for that for that specific work, and that this is where I feel like there that there is no. I feel evangelism is very important. However, I think there are different gifts. Mm-hmm. And so it's not it's not necessarily like just because we are supposed to evangelize that the whole church has to be out there evangelizing. Right. I, I think there are there are different um, gifts in the congregation and different mm-hmm. ways to to build people up. And in yeah. fact, I could see it be detriment or a problem that could cause almost a ruin to the church if everybody's out there evangelizing and then mm-hmm. and you're not connecting on a. And you're not building each other up. But you have so many selfless people, Chief. (laughs) (laughs) If everybody's evangelizing. (laughs) Yeah, but just because you evangelize doesn't mean you're selfless, is it? It's almost like people who are willing and faithful to preach just in the church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday almost are part of the glue that holds the congregation Mm -hmm. together. And if you don't have that glue that holds the congregation together it's not going to be an effective witness mm-hmm. to the world. Would you agree with that? Maybe if I could understand it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should start listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Well, you want those people that are built up so they just glue your church together. <laughs> so, so basically, Evan Otherwise, is, it might fall apart. So basically, Evan is building the people up, and I'm taking those people and sending them out to the to evangelize. Yeah, interesting. And I found I found for myself when I've shared the gospel with non Christians, it actually strengthens my own faith mm-hmm. and makes makes me a strong Christian mm-hmm. in the process. 
It's well, really hard to separate the two. It is. It is really hard to separate the two. Yeah. 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 And I think I think I, I agree with you on that. I don't think we need we should wait to tell other people about Jesus until we're mature Christians. Like I think we should be mm-hmm. doing that. I think if somebody has been saved, he'll want to tell other yeah. people and shouldn't tell others. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. wait until he's mm-hmm. on the until he's had a on, course on on the skill up to ten on the on heaven <laughs> skill. Right. So our original question that we posed at the beginning was, would you prefer to be part of a church that focuses more on reaching out to people, i.e. evangelism, or building up the people who are already there? Discipleship, I suppose you could call it that. So in order to answer that question, we've sort of looked at the pros and cons of each, but what would that look like in practice? What, 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 what would, how would your everyday life as part of that church be affected by what sort of focus the church has? So, for example, how would our Bible studies be affected? Well, if you go to my church, <laughs> <laughs> it'll mostly just be Christians in the Bible study. If we follow the stereotype, anyways, mm-hmm. like maybe the stereotype would be in my church, my church, <laughs> in a church that focuses on uh, on building up the the people that are in it, then or building up believers. It's gonna your Bible study is gonna be pe- gonna be Christians. Would the would the topic that you the topics that you discuss would they be different? Like I I, th- I tend to feel that they would be. Yeah. Because if you have if you have non-believers there, I would you're probably going to I guess that would be from point of view of evangelism. If you're going to have non-believers at your Bible study, you're probably going to focus more on the basics of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of of what it means to be a Christian or assurance of salvation or whatever yeah. it is. Whereas if you have more mature believers or people who you're building up in the congregation, maybe you can get into more of the meat of the word, mm-hmm. um, deeper things. I don't, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. So that I guess maybe there's advantages and dis- disadvantages mm-hmm. to that. And your your Bible study will probably have people from your from that are already Christians. If you are focusing on building up Christians, and if you're focusing on non-believers, then it's probably going to be people that are down the street that aren't Christians. Mm-hmm. If that's what you're going to focus mm-hmm. on. Right. I suppose the question that you would ask yourself at that point is, I'm going to my church's Bible study. If I invite my neighbor or someone else who isn't a Christian, will they benefit from it? Exactly. Because mm-hmm. um, I've felt that before. Like, you're like, do I really want to invite this person to church? Because, like, will it even, like, <laughs> be relevant yeah. to you? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't mean. I don't mean. And I suppose perhaps this is even more stark. It will affect what sort of sermons are preached at that mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you have a church that's heavily focused on evangelism, then they will talk about sort of the basics of the gospel story a lot, which is also important for us all to be reminded of. Mm-hmm. But there are other subjects that relate more to our everyday life as right. Christians, mm-hmm. to the practical, sometimes nitty gritty things that right. we we have questions about. That that would be more preached in the church that's focused mm-hmm. on discipleship. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think I think but I think we need a we need a good balance. And that's where I think it's even good to have have different you you have more than one pastor preaching messages. One pastor might might be the type that preaches more your, your basic gospel message and other pastors mm-hmm. might be more the type to preach on other on mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And I think that's good. But the reason we actually started talking about this subject is be, at least in my opinion you're going to have churches that fall on one side or the other or if you just think of yourself you're going to probably fall on one side or the other mm-hmm. like maybe maybe yeah. it won't be strongly strongly on one or the other but maybe it's a 49 51 split 
because we only have limited we only have limited time and, and resources so we we tend to prioritize something right mm -hmm. so maybe right. prioritize what you even yeah. what you memorize in the bible you memorize yeah. the romans road to help people understand how yeah. to be saved or will you memorize romans 12 so you can tell christians how to yeah. be real <laughs> uh -huh. yeah i like that one it also depends a little bit on um if you think about the Christians that you look up to, like the Christians that you really admire, are they evangelists or are they preachers and mm. teachers in the church? Mm. Because, mm -hmm. you know, whether we like it or not, we always have people that we look up to more than others. Mm -hmm. And so the person that you look up to, are they very good at, say, um, interacting with other church members, teaching them, instructing, pointing things out? Do you think we base that on our like our personal our personality? How do we decide which one we like? I don't know how we decide which one we like. <laughs> <laughs> or is it what we already tend to be like? Yeah. I'm just thinking, how does a church actually get there? Like, mm -hmm. why does a church kind of shift towards one side or the other? Because, like Yannick said at the beginning, they're usually not necessarily balanced. It's or it's a rare thing to find one that does both mm -hmm. maybe really well. And that's we would say that's what we all want, but mm -hmm. we probably tend to kind of like one more than what, the other. What, or what makes it? I don't know. Maybe it's just the people that a church is made up of as to mm -hmm. how it shifts, what mm -hmm. what are their goals. And I don't know. Sometimes there can be a very After. dynamic personality, a very charismatic member or pastor or preacher. And I think this happens more in steering a church towards evangelism that will galvanize a church in a particular direction. I do think that we, our churches need both. I'm not sure if one is necessarily better than the other or not, but mm -hmm. I, I do feel like we very strongly need both. And even if most of our churches will end up more on one side mm -hmm. or more, more on the other, I think that having a good balance is an ideal that sh to strive towards. Mm -hmm. We're not looking for the middle. We're looking for extremes of both. <laughs> In one church. In one church. You, personally. <laughs> you got to do it all. Uh, well, maybe not. Hopefully, your brother can do half of it. I feel, I feel uh, weighed down. <laughs> Have a big responsibility, people. Anyway, um, the real question is, which side of the scales will you tip on, personally? Boom. Is that the real question? Or boom? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what the real question is, actually. Uh, All right, well, thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Have a good night or a good day or whatever else you're going to have.